It's the Perry and Shauna podcast on the real life journey with you, reminding you that you are Abba's beloved child and that Jesus has called you into his massive mission to heal the world. If God gives you a kingdom dream and he will, you will be opposed because the enemy, we have an enemy, we're in a war and he opposes every good thing that we attempt for God. Mm-hmm. And when you are opposed, you will be tempted to give up. There have been so many times I've been tempted to give up and have been discouraged. Enoch and Nathan, Middle Eastern believers, felt compelled by Jesus to take the Jesus film into an Islamic city in the Middle East. They knew they would face big-time pushback, but they were compelled by the love of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus. So they were walking into the city, and it felt like all the eyes were on them. The people knew they were outsiders. But Enoch and Nathan prayed, Lord, let your kingdom come and let your will be done in this city. Then a man stepped in front of them. He drew a line in the dirt and he said, we know what you do. We know who you are. Don't cross this line. Leave. Hmm. So Enoch and Nathan backed off, but they weren't giving up. They found another place to show the film. And that night, 400 Muslims experienced the love of Jesus. The next night, just before starting the film, the man who had opposed them was back in their faces. Tonight, I'm moving the line. He went to the edge of the neighborhood, drew a line and said, go now. Mm. Enoch and Nathan backed off again, but found another place. These guys had grit. They found another place to show the film. But this time, opposition man followed. And he and another guy started arguing with each other about who had the right to shut the film down. So they're arguing. And in the chaos, a crowd gathered. And they started chanting, show the movie, <laughs> show the movie. <laughs> then a different guy spoke up and here's what he said. Last night in a dream, an angel told me to watch the film. Hmm. Amazing. And then a woman spoke up. Jesus came to me last night and told me to watch the film. And the crowd kept chanting, show the film, show the film. And so people came out of their homes to find out what was going on. Yeah. And the crowd swelled to 2,000. Oh, wow. And still, show the film, show the film. So Enoch did. And the people quieted right down and soon were captivated by Jesus. They heard his words in their heart language. First time. They saw his miracles. They felt his love. They were shaken as Jesus died and rose. So many Muslims that night decided to follow Jesus. For the first time in 2,000 years, the gospel took hold in that resistant Islamic city because Enoch and Nathan, they didn't give up. What does it take to not give up? Yeah, I'm just curious. I want to answer your question, what does it take to not give up? But I think I'm curious what happened to Opposition Man. Like if he stayed and watched the film or if he left. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that part of the story, but I have to believe he stayed and watched. I hope so. I hope so. But I mean, the kind of grit that Enoch and Nathan had, you know, to just like, all right, well, we can't do it here. We're just going to take this film someplace else and just keep showing it. I think, I think that a part of that is um, knowing how important it is. Like they had a deep conviction and a resolve. This was not just a task that they were given to do or an assignment. This was 
in them mm-hmm. weave. They they knew how important it was going to be to show the film, and so a little opposition or a lot of opposition, some scary opposition even, wasn't going to keep them. Wasn't going to make them, you know, not show the film. Well, you need to know. You need to know that you know that you know that God has has asked you to do this for him. Right. Because when you face the hard times, you can go back to, I know the Lord called me to that. Yeah. But, you know, it takes grit. It takes perseverance. But how many times does the Lord say in his word, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. He says that a lot because he knows we're going to get afraid and he knows we're going to get discouraged. Right. And that usually is followed by, I'm here. Right. I'm with you. So don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged because you're not on your own. If you if it's a God dream, he doesn't, ah, he, God doesn't just give us assignments and then send us. Go mm-hmm. ahead, little buddy. See if mm-hmm. it works out. Yeah. You know what I mean? He gives us assignments and he stays with us. He remains with us. So absolutely everything we need in the midst of the obstacle, and I'm preaching to myself right now because I need to hear this right yeah. now, but everything that we need in the midst of the opposition, he is. Yeah. So we've we've got it. We've got what we need to finish. Don't give up, Shauna. Thank you. Hey, so a kingdom dream. I think we need to give a good example because everybody gets a kingdom dream if you're a follower of Jesus. We had a a person on yesterday. Yes. Who was given a kingdom dream. Just tell that story real quick. Okay, Jill Dannenberg, amazing. And she runs a minute what's the name of the ministry that she um Threads. Something Living about threads. threads. Living Threads Ministry. Yep. Uh, check that out. So anyway, she ch- told us this incredible story. She was running a business. She had a moment where she surrendered in prayer to the Lord and said, God, I want to use the gifts that you have given me for your honor and your glory. Sewing. Sewing was her gift. Yep. Yeah. So she closed her business, which in the moment when she's telling us the story yesterday made me think of, was Elisha who like... Yeah. You know, killed the ox and like burned the plow and was like, no, there's no turning back at that point. So she did the same thing. She sold the business and was like, okay, God, I'm going to do what you're asking me to do. And today there's this beautiful ministry of making quilts out of fabric from a loved one who's gone on ahead of us onto heaven. Mm -hmm. And so for the family, they have the opportunity of being wrapped in. Huh, these fabrics that smell like the person they love who's not there anymore. But then all of the proceeds for the donations of these quilts go to children in Nairobi. Yeah, in a slum in Nairobi, yeah. Kenya. I mean, it's incredible. So. so that is an example of a kingdom dream. You know, I don't want you to think that, well, you got to be in, quote unquote, the ministry for a kingdom dream. God puts them in our heart. All that to say, if you feel like giving up on the dream that God has given you, It's no coincidence that you're listening. God doesn't want you to give up. You're listening right now because God doesn't want you to give up. And maybe you're saying, eh, too late. I already gave up. Okay, well, consider this. The dream you gave up, that was the baby of a new dream. That was the death of a dream that brings forth new life out of the ground. 1 Corinthians 15 Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the dream that God has given you because your dream will not be in vain. So I've noticed that you're a little extra whiny today, Perry. (laughs) 
I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, that's not true at all. But today is December 1, so we made it through No Complaining November. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. So if you hadn't heard about it, we were, for the month of November, there was a challenge laid out to not grumble during the month and instead to turn our thoughts towards praise. Every single time you get a trigger, like you want to complain, to not do that. So we made it through the month of December, or the month of November, now we're in December, and the challenge is over. It but, is. But here's my challenge to you. It's that we just keep it going. And and let me tell you why. Not just because of Thanksgiving, because that's over. And not just because it's annoying when you're whiny, because it is. <laughs> but that's not the only reason. Let me tell you why I think it's important that we don't complain. I'm going to steal some words from Paul here. He wrote a letter to the church in Philippi, and he said, Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. Everything? Everything. Everything. And and here's the thing. It is not just so that you don't sound whiny. It is not just you know, to prepare your heart for Thanksgiving. It's because God has a plan for you and me to stand out, to look different. Paul is saying in these words here that we're living in the midst of a depraved generation. And he's saying when you whine like everybody else's, you fit in, you just blend right in. But when you are different, when you don't engage in the complaining, you look a whole lot like me. And because of that, you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. And if we can do that, it's possible that because we're not being, you know, we're not just like all up on our criticism and finding the tiny little minute thing that's wrong. If we can instead focus on the good things, we can see God's hand in things instead of complaining. I believe we can change the world. I really do. You've got something there on your your right cheek. Yeah. There's a, what a is spot it? there. What there is there it? you go. That's I'm critiquing. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, so we have a choice. We can we, we can blend in yep. and we can we can join in the complaining or we can shine like stars. We can in this polluted generation that we live in, we can literally be a breath of fresh air. And literally. that's what I'm advocating. Literally. That's what I'm advocating for. So let's not blend in today. Let's stand out. Let's shine like stars in the universe as we hold out the word of life. Happy December. Today is the first day of December. Yay. Yay. It is my Yay. Haven's it is my Haven's 21st birthday today. Oh wow. A December 1st baby. Yes, my baby. And we're stepping into the month of December, and I'm telling you, I'm just giving you a heads up. There are going to be so many things this month that feel like the most important thing. You're not going to be able to find that, you know, Tickle Me Elmo, and you're going to think the world's going to fall apart if you can't find the Tickle Me Elmo. Maybe you've been there. Or that Cabbage Patch doll, or whatever the case may be. But there, we are here to remind you, not just today, but every single day, that Christmas is about a lot of things. There's a lot of things that we're going to want and that we're going to hope for. But Christmas is really just about one thing, the most precious gift that's ever been given. And I tell you what, we're going to give you an opportunity every morning here at Perry and Shauna Mornings to focus your eyes on Him and to worship Him.
If you follow Jesus, you're also a leader. You have people watching you. You have people God has given to you, entrusted to you, whether in your family, your workplace, your small group, a suffering friend, you're a shepherd, you're a leader. I think we're all leaders, right? Well, leaders are people who have influence, mm-hmm. and you have influence everywhere you go. Last night, I, after we got our Christmas tree, we're on the way home, and we stopped at our favorite Thai restaurant in Caledonia, Bangkok Chef, mm-hmm. and picked up some food. And I was actually having a conversation with my sister, who her husband is the president of Lead Like Jesus, the CEO of Lead Like Jesus. Okay. And so we were talking about leadership. Is that a Christian organization? It is. Okay. <laughs> And we were talking about, she just got back from Vietnam, her and her husband with Lead Like Jesus. Anyway, we were talking about leadership and influence. We were having this very conversation, to be honest. And I had just, I said, hang on just a second. And then I had an interaction with the gal at the restaurant, you know, and was like, thank you so much. And, oh, we love your food. We're excited about dinner. Thanks for cooking for us. You know, this kind of thing, whatever. Anyway, and then I returned to the conversation with my sister and she goes, that is influence. You just influenced her day with all the joy that you just brought into the restaurant, with, you know, and your appreciation for her, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yes, we're all leaders because we all have influence and leadership is influence. Yeah, I love that. So Peter, the guy who denied Jesus three times, was forgiven and he learned how to lead. He says in First Peter 5, so you have influence and here's Peter's message to you and me. To the leaders among you, I appeal to you as a fellow leader and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Here it is. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. First thing about this is that Peter, you know, he was, he was looking for a glorious Messiah and a glorious kingdom. And he wanted to rule with Jesus in, in the way that, that world rulers rule. But he learned from Jesus that no leadership is servant leadership. Mm -hmm. I love where he says a witness of Christ's sufferings. You know, that that alludes to the kind of leadership that Jesus calls us to, a suffering servant kind of leadership. But, you know, some of these commands in here, you know, watching over those entrusted to you, it means mm-hmm. that we're we're counting our sheep and we're, we're seeing how they're doing and right. we're, we're reaching out and we're saying, hey, how's that going for you? Right. And you want to get together, that kind of thing. Genuinely loving on people. And I, you know... Obviously, the Lord is the good shepherd, right? And we we have all these images of what it means to to love like him and to care for others like him. But it's the sacrificial part too, right? It's putting others before yourself. Mm-hmm. This is how we're called to lead. I feel like we get an upside down. We get a we need to redefine leadership. Yes. We're doing that right now. Mm-hmm. Being willing to serve as God wants you to be. So not begrudgingly. And so many times I'm, Oh, I got to go visit my suffering friend. Darn. I had something else I wanted to do, but being willing, you know, looking forward to serving also same idea, eager to serve. 
and then not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. I worked for a guy named Peter Brooks at Family Life Radio, and he set a really high bar for our team. I mean, really high bar. And we worked really hard. We didn't work really beyond 40 hours a Mm -hmm. week, but every hour was jam-packed with what we needed to do. Mm -hmm. The thing about Peter is that he worked harder than all of us. Mm. I mean, you could not outwork that guy. Yeah. And I grumbled about it at the time, but now I look back and I say, you know, thank you for for being such an example of just a hard worker and a servant. Mm Mm-hmm goes a long way. And then it says, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Man, we've got a, we've got a reward coming for our, our leadership and for how we steward the people that God entrusts in our Mm -hmm. life. It could be that God, you know, entrusts someone to you just, just, you know, for one interaction like you at the, at the restaurant, you know, but God is going to reward us or not for how we handle the people who come across cross our path. Hmm. You know, at the end of my life, I want to be able to say with Paul, I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished the race. I want to be able to say that. Mm -hmm. And what I want to hear from Jesus when I see him face to face is well done, good and faithful servant. So the other day we were talking, Perry, and you were trying to figure out how to respectfully decline How to say say no (laughs) to someone in a loving way. And I think it was exactly the same day I had a situation where I needed to do the same thing. So a friend reached out to me and via text, just sharing that they needed my help. And they were really clear about the need. They were super clear about the urgency, like this needs to be handled right away. And I'm telling you, I was so tempted to immediately say yes. I mean... (laughs) they need me. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's just like, but I didn't, I didn't say yes right away. And I started to kind of pay attention to what I was feeling. And this is what I noticed. Number one, I didn't actually want to do it. Okay. I didn't want to do what was needed. I also, there was a, um, it conflicted with another commitment that I had made a prior commitment that I had as far as the, the time away. And then it was actually going to require hours of preparation on top of the time commitment that of, you know, being there at the place at the time, there would be hours ahead of that in preparation. And I have got a couple of other commitments right now that also require some preparatory work. So if I have downtime, I've already got something I need to be doing with that downtime. In a nutshell, saying yes would have completely sent my world into a tailspin for the next, you know, three, four days. Right. So I prayerfully considered it, talked with the Lord about it, processed with a good friend about it, a wise friend who gave me some great insights. And then later that same day, I was with my friend who had texted me. And again, you know, the need and the urgency was reiterated. And after hearing them out, you know, they said, well, will you do it? Can you help? And and my reply, I just said, thank you so much for considering me, but no, I'm not able to do that. And that was like the hardest thing for me to do. To just respectfully decline and not even, you know, because and go with all my answers or whatever. It's just simply say, I know I'm sorry, I'm not able to do that. And here's the thing. They totally understood. Nothing exploded. Nobody, you know, died. (laughs) It it I survived it. They survived it. It was a okay. 
Yeah. Mine did not go as well. <laughs> oh, no. When I declined. Really? Because you know, I was having this conversation with a pastor in Africa on Facebook. This guy just randomly found me, and and it was a nice conversation, and it ended up being really a request for funds, which is not, you know, it's 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 common. People in Africa who are believers, they know we have a lot in the West, and so they're looking to make those connections. Right. And so we had a great conversation until I said, I really am excited about being on Team Jesus with you, and I'm I'm happy to pray with you. And the next, you know, reply was not not he not wasn't so he, upbeat. He wasn't happy with me for Aww. saying no in a nice way. Right. I'm sorry it went down that way for you. Yeah, it is what it is. For me, like I said, it went just fine. They understood within an hour. They actually had somebody else who could meet the need. The end. So my question is. Okay, so this is this is how I felt. Maybe you didn't feel this way, Perry, but why do we feel like we have to be the Savior? The world already has a Savior, and it's not me. <laughs> yeah, I felt like, you know, I've, this guy's probably got a legitimate need, and I have a lot. And so there is that sense of, man, I wish I could do hmm. something. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I wanted to do something, too. I wanted to be able to solve the problem. I wanted to be the solution. I wanted to be, yay. Yeah, and we don't have to be the Savior. No, the world already has a Savior. And when we go to Him and we ask Him for what we need, whether that's wisdom or whatever it is we need, He's so generous. He gives to us so generously. So, I don't know. (laughs) I guess I just wanted you to know this morning, if you needed a little encouragement, I think especially in the month of December, there's a lot of opportunities to say no. You're going to have a lot of situations where you're asked to step in, and, and I hope you can, and I hope it brings you tons of joy. But if you can't, I just want you to know it's okay to respectfully decline. I survived it, and you can too. Thanks for letting Perry and Shauna walk the real-life journey with you. The content from the Perry and Shauna podcast comes from their live show, Perry and Shauna Mornings on 89.3 Moody Radio, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Reach out to us by texting 800-968-8930 and please subscribe.